This is Season 2 of the Balls Deep Fantasy Football Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Balls Deep Fantasy Football Podcast. I am AZ here with Stinky Pinky. How are you doing, Chris? I'm doing fantastic, Adam. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. It's been a good week. I've got a win. I know you got a win. I did not get a win. (laughs) Oh, shit. That's right. (laughs) I lost. (laughs) You lost. Very unfortunately. I guess it's just me that's riding high this time, but you win in other ways, which I guess you and the rest of the league will find out later in the show. But did you have a good week outside of fantasy then? I did, yeah, I did. I had a busy but good week. How about you? Um, very solid. A lot of things going on. Busy time, but getting through it and having a good time as well. Good. Glad to hear it. So, what do you think? Should we get right into waivers? We got a busy show today. We got a lot of stuff. There that is on. a lot to talk about for sure. So, I think the best course of action is to get right into it. And we will start with the waivers as we normally do. Sounds good. And the big one, the massive one. Ty Johnson going to Brandon, popping kneecaps on fourth and one, 56 points of fab for Ty Johnson. Yeah, so like this is obviously a, a big investment here. I don't hate it at all, though, because what we've seen from Brandon so far this season is he's been doing a ton of trades. He's been kind of building up some fab as it's been going on through the year. So obviously he, he paid big here. Is it an overpay? It's going to be hard to tell because we really don't know how this backfield is going to break down without without Keish, or uh, carry on Johnson there anymore. It could be a lot of JD McKissick as well, but I don't honestly I don't hate it. I think sometimes you got to spend up, you got to make a play. I'm not sure how close other people got. Um, I didn't even try because I knew I was I was not going to get it, but I don't hate it. Yeah. Uh, so with carry on being done for. Almost the entire season seems like he might come back week 16, but... Yeah, it's the earliest he can come back. Yeah, earliest he possibly could come back. So really, it is either Ty Johnson or J.D. McKissick's backfield. I don't think it's going to be one or the other. I think it is going to be more of a committee. Um, So that's why I think the 56 is definitely a risk, but it seems like he's the one with the most talent out of those two and could be the one that really steps out and is the most fantasy relevant. Um, And it is running back in a position where it is very valuable. And he has been gaining that fab, like he said, through trade. So he had a lot of it, but it's still a lot for a running back that could be in a committee, I think. Yeah, it's going to be tough to tell. I can't see him being as good as Carrion was throughout the season. I wouldn't say Carrion was all that fantastic either. So I'm kind of seeing him as like a low-end running back too or like high-end running back three for the rest of the season. That's kind of where I see it at. What do you think? Um, Yeah, I think that's a fair assessment and where he'll probably end up. Um, The Lions just traded away a safety, and so it just they got picks. So that kind of shows the mindset of the franchise, possibly, that, like, I know players were not happy with that, and I think they were like, okay, we're doing fairly well this year. Like it's and you're trading players away like for picks. Are we are we trying to rebuild right now or are we trying to be successful? Because I think the players thought they were being successful and they should keep moving forward. And it seems like the franchise might be going the opposite direction. So it'll be interesting to see what happens um, as the season goes on and if players continue to put full effort forward. Yeah, you're right. That is a a good point to make, Adam, because 
they obviously they've had some tough beats. They've been in a couple of close games. I think this franchise is by no means out of it. But when you start making moves like that, you're right. Your your teammates and uh, your players are going to start to question it a bit. So, yeah, I'm curious about that as well. Um, all right, but we'll go on to the next player on the list, which is Mohamed Sanu. I'm all jacked up on Mountain Drew. Danny, 25 points of fab for him. What do you think? So this one gets a little bit more um, interesting now. I don't know if you saw the recent news that Josh Gordon was just put on IR. Did you see that? I did not. I saw that he was still not practicing, but fill me in more. Yeah, recently just placed on IR due to a knee injury. So that makes this trade make more sense in my mind, why they traded a second-round pick for Mohamed Sanu. Uh, 25 fab. To me, it might be a bit expensive, though. Coming into a New England system where receivers just in general often struggle... For the first while coming in, it's it's going to be tough to do. I could see him being good maybe later into the playoffs, but I think there's going to be at least a few weeks where he's going to really struggle. So I think 25 might have been a bit too much here. Um, I really like Sanu. Even now hearing the news, Josh Gordon, I like him even more. I think he's a very good talent. He used, he started off in Cincinnati, then he went to Atlanta for a couple of years, and yeah, they, they've been looking for a wide receiver in New England for quite a while. Like this entire season, they've been seemingly looking for a guy. High when Antonio Brown didn't like the off-field issues, got rid of him, and then since then they've been kind of scrounging around and they picked up a really good one, good one in Sanu. But I completely agree with you. They don't wide receivers that go to New England usually do not succeed right away. It takes a little while for them to get used to the system and everything that goes along with that. But later on, even just in two weeks, I think Sanu is going to be a very startable asset that's going to be very good for Danny's team. Um, and yeah, I think the 25 is just enough. I, I did not bid on him because of that issue of he's not going to be successful week one. He's not going to be like a startable asset week one. And I have a lot of buys and things going on. So I needed to have a wide receiver that could play right away. And I didn't think that he would be the one this week to play. But in two weeks, he's startable for me. Okay, yeah. So I'm curious how we play that out because I'm picturing like, I'm going to say five weeks before then. So I'm curious how it, how it plays out there. We'll kind of keep an eye on that one and see his uh, involvement because that offense obviously can be incredibly high-powered. They seem to be relying more on their defense, obviously, this year, but there's chances to break out for sure. Mohamed Sanu's had a bunch of good games, so he definitely doesn't look like he's over the hill yet. I think he could do fine. I just think it's just this, the situation that can be tough. Uh, next one after that, we got Jacoby Brissett going to Alex for 17 fab. What do you think here? 17 for a quarterback again. He had a really big week last week. Then he have some around like 33, 35 points. Um, yeah, he had a great week. I'm going to just double check the numbers just so we're completely accurate. Yeah, so he had 35.64 points last week against Houston. And he could definitely repeat that against Denver for sure. Um, and his playoff or like fantasy playoff schedule is fine. Tampa Bay, New Orleans, Carolina. So... It might be for a long play, maybe week 10 they do play Miami, so maybe it's an even longer play there. Um, so it's a lot of fab at 17 for a quarterback, and it's he's good. He's a, he's a very solid quarterback. He's really making a name for himself this year, but I think that's a lot. Yeah, it is It is quite a bit. You're right, but we've, all, we've been saying that all season on quarterback, so it's nothing that's surprising me now. But just looking at Jacoby Brissett's stats so far this year, I thought he was far more volatile than he has been. He only has one game that's under 20 points on the season, which yeah. is which is fantastic. Obviously, the game it was against Kansas City. He only had 10 points. 
But if you're putting out numbers like that consistently, and then you have the the chance to blow up for 35 points like that, that's a that's a good quarterback to have. For sure, he's good to see. He can he can move on the on the uh, ground well. He can run well. Um, he throws decently. He's got a lot of talent around him. So I don't I don't hate the pickup either. Um, but yeah, 17. It's just I think we're gonna have to maybe adjust our mindset that that's what quarterbacks are gonna go for now. I I just don't know yet. Maybe that's why we're not getting them. I don't know. For sure. And I'm just looking. I looked ahead to week 10 for Alex's roster to try and figure out why he would spend so much. Um, he has Phil Rivers versus Oakland, which is an excellent matchup for a quarterback. So would he play Jacoby over Rivers because Jacoby has Miami in that week 10? Maybe, I guess. Yeah, they're comparable in that sense. Yeah, yeah. And he also has Derek Carr on his team, and they play the Chargers that week 10. Yeah, obviously. we'll we'll get to that because he just picked them up okay. as well. So but, I guess, yeah, we'll, yeah um, I guess I have Brissett in a dynasty league, so I've been following him fairly consistently just because I have him on one of my rosters. And yeah, he's been like quietly very consistent, and he had that big explosion, which is great to see from him. Yeah, but uh, I guess we'll see what his plan is with Brissett for the future. Yeah, we're gonna have to see. I think a lot of us are having to adjust our mindset just on Jacoby in general because his first year in Indianapolis, he he was thrown in. He got traded for in week four. They threw him on the field. He he didn't have a chance to learn the offense. Now he's had a chance to learn it. He looks pretty good. When we see on the field, he actually is a good player with a good roster around him. So sure. I think it's something that we have to give a bit more respect to. Uh, after that, we got Kenny Stills going to Nolan for 15 fab. This is one that kind of got a bit of a uh, bit of talking around. So I think 15 fab was the perfect amount to spend. Clearly, it clearly was the perfect amount. So yeah, we were talking in our uh, messenger chat. Um, by the way, today is October 23rd for that information you gave about uh, Josh Gordon's about oh, yeah. 5.50 right now. Um, so that, that happened very recently. Um, but for this one, yeah, we were talking about it last night, this morning after the waivers went through. Nolan had 15 fab. I also bid exactly 15 fab on Kenny Stills. So that really hurts that I didn't get that him. That kills, yeah. Like I said, I needed a startable asset at wide receiver. I thought he would have been a perfect one to fill in for this week and then into the future because Will Fuller is now going to be gone for a while with his yeah. constant hamstring issues. Oh, and then yeah. was it you that bid 14 as well? Yeah, I bid 14. And I think it was Steve who said he bid 12 or Frazier. Uh, maybe Danny. Somebody, yeah. somebody else in the league also bid 12. So there was a lot of action for Kenny Stills and Nolan got him for the exact amount now he got him because he's in dead last in his team shit so <laughs> yeah like that definitely does play a play a factor in what you're gonna get I'm not bitter what's that I'm not yeah you're, you're fine you're not upset at all but I just want to go over uh Kenny Stills performances so far this year so he has played in five games he has one game of 9.7 3.8 8.9 2.4 and then 10.5 points He's been relatively involved in this offense for not being there for very long. And now, you're right, as you mentioned, Will Fuller, we have a guy who's going to be stepping into a more prominent role, just like he did last week as Will Fuller went out. It seems like he kind of stepped in. He's a burner. He can play like Will Fuller in an offense that's very explosive. So I think he's a great addition to this team when they traded for him. And and just in fantasy-wise general, I think he has some some big games ahead of him. It's going to be hard to predict, but I think he has some big games coming. I agree. Yeah. Uh, anything else you want to say about Kenny? We, no. No? All right. So good pick up there, Nolan. Sounds like you paid the right amount. So now we got Derek Carr that we kind of mentioned earlier. So 12 points going to Alex. Just in general, what's up with people carrying three quarterbacks on their roster? He's, that, it's 
baffling. Makes absolutely no sense to me for sure. Alex has always been a quarterback guy. I don't know if you always remember. He's always happy to take that early quarterback. But he he just spent twenty nine fab on two quarterbacks this week, and he already had a quarterback that's not injured on his team and a good one in Philip Rivers. It, to me, this is, it makes no sense on why he would spend on both of these guys and what his plan is moving forward. He, like, can you get any insight on Derek Carr's matchups or like what could be happening in the future? I'm not like honestly. What I'm when I'm looking at this roster, I see a good matchup against Cincinnati in Week 11, and then everything else is is kind of difficult. Nothing all too easy. Maybe Houston this week is an okay matchup, but it's on the road. He's just adding some middling quarterbacks who are all in relatively the same tier to me, who are going to be within the same few points every week, yep. but he's spending a ton of fab for it. Yeah, I think it's a complete waste. Yeah, so I think that money could either be better saved and then go for a big home run pick later in the season or when they come up, you have to do that. But when you're throwing away fab on a quarterback, then dropping him right away or trying to figure out who to play and you only get one or two extra points... And who even knows? It's it's not an easy thing to predict in fantasy. It's not at all. You can go off the matchup, sure, but it doesn't always go this, the way you project. Derek Carr has been inconsistent this year. He hasn't been very good in general. So this one surprises me. It really does. I think he would have been someone you could have grabbed just out of free agency, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. yeah. I don't think anybody else would have bid on Derek Carr this week. Like That would really surprise me for sure. Yeah, if anyone else did, let's hear about it. I'd love to hear about it, but that's that's how I feel about Derek Carr there. I think 12 points is too much for sure. Yeah, and I think part of it as well is there was a pretty big spree of quarterbacks being taken before the waivers even happened. So this week I had a buy for Dak Prescott, so I was going to try and pick up Kirk Cousins that Danny had dropped at the end of waivers last week. And I put down one $1 bid for it. He wasn't going to play in week seven. I was going to have him for week eight. Brandon, my opponent this week, picked up Kirk Cousins for two fab off of that. So I was quite upset. He they played Washington. They play yeah. Washington, so obviously it's a very good matchup. And then what happens? Pat Mahomes, kneecap explodes, and now Brandon has the perfect replacement to fill in for Mahomes, who he has. So that was very unfortunate. I ended up having to pick up Teddy Bridgewater afterwards to see what happens. Now I'm rating that list like Breeze. Even though they have a bye in Week 9, he's going to force it out there with his injured thumb in place. So now Teddy Bridgewater is not going to be an option. Not a lot out there on free agency. So him hoarding three quarterbacks doesn't really help him. Doesn't help me either. So yeah. I don't know if that's part of it, just like reducing the amount of options that are out there. But for him, not much gain. Not much gain for the other people looking for quarterbacks in the waiver wire either. All I could hear when you were talking that whole time, Black Magic, Brandon, Black Magic. Everything he was doing just worked out for Black Magic. It, it really was Black Magic working but for Brandon. But he does pay the price for it, so we'll see what happens exactly. this weekend. Exactly. We'll see. Like it's very That Dark Magic is a, it's a tricky little devil because it'll seem like it's all positive, all excellent for Brandon. Most points scored for don't make the playoffs. So, <laughs> you know, it could happen again, something similar like that. Maybe he beats me, and that's the little burst of Black Magic that he needs, but he didn't, ends up not making the playoffs. Who knows? Yeah, well, I guess we'll see. All right, let's move on. So we got the next one is Eric Ebron going to Steve for 10, Fab. What do you think here? Um, I think it's not bad. Um, I think people are really seeing like the, the explosion that Brissett had, the possibility for Ebron. Tight end is always a mess. It's worth maybe a shot out there. 10 is not insane. Um, so last week he had the 70 yards and a touchdown. The bye the week previously, and then he's been kind of up and down. 
usually relying on a touchdown, but he had good yardage and a touchdown last week, so maybe it'll continue against Denver's okay defense. Oh, I just keep thinking about it. I feel like every week we talk about Steve adding a new tight end. Because <laughs> he'll, he'll pick somebody up, and then they won't play well, so he'll drop them. You're right. Pick someone else You're right. Up. He just, he's just blindly throwing darts into a wall, hoping that something sticks properly, and maybe Ebron sticks this week. But chances are, if history repeats itself, he will not. <laughs> yeah. And again, I don't hate the Ebron pickup. I think it's fine. He has some definitely has some high t- touchdown upside. He can score. He definitely has shown that in this offense. But it's just funny how Steve keeps dropping oh, yeah. them and then picking someone else up. It has been the story of the waivers. Absolutely. Um, after that, we got... Gould adding Tennessee Titans defense for nine fab. So they play Tampa Bay at home this week. What do you think about this one? I think it's a pretty good matchup. I think Winston's usually good for one or two uh, turnovers, and maybe that'll turn into touchdowns as well. Um, but so I think it's, it's good. Tennessee has been a very solid defense throughout the year, and I think it's a decent matchup for him to start them. Yeah, I think it is good too. You're right. Um, I do think Tampa Bay will score some points, but you're right. The turnovers are going to definitely be there with James Winston. So that provides opportunity for, for points. Uh, another just little tidbit I want to talk about is Tennessee Titans. They got Jeffrey Simmons back last week. So he was their first-round pick this year. He was supposed to be a really highly um, drafted player. He's coming off a, he, while he was training in the, uh, in the offseason this year. He tore his ACL. So he's defensive tackle. Ended up dropping to them, I think, at 17th overall. Played his first game last week. He played in limited snaps, but he was very, very effective. So I, I'm excited to see what he can do for this team just in general. Just as a fan of him in general, I want to see him play. Um, but it's going to really boost an already strong defense by adding a good first-round talent to it, too. Yeah, sounds like that's the only good things for that Tennessee uh, defense. So that's definitely something to be watching and see if there can be more sacks or just more run blocks um, and what he can do for the team. Yeah, for sure. After that, we got um, Alex adding the Seattle Seahawks defense for 5-fab. Seattle plays um, Atlanta this week. So I originally seemed like Matt Ryan was not going to play. Last thing that I read was that he was going to play or is going to at least be like much more of a possibility that he would. It's not a definite one out. Now, having Matt Ryan in there doesn't necessarily mean that Atlanta is going to go off. They did just lose Sanu, one of their weapons, so that could have an impact. I still think Calvin really is amazing and like is a very good player that can fill in any missing holes there that Sunu left. And obviously, you don't have to say anything about Julio. He's just an absolute freak out there. Um, so it's a it's a pretty good shot there. Uh, injured Matt Ryan could be good for an interception or so. Um, so it's fine. It sounded like a lot of people were upset that Alex was able to get them for five fab, like because they wanted the the defense and, and couldn't quite get it. Yeah, I think it's a fine pickup. Um, I agree with what you're saying as far as there being an opportunity for a couple turnovers. Um, outside of last week, though, this offense has been high scoring, so I do think they're going to put up a lot of points still. Especially, it'll probably be some garbage time points where you see the Seattle Seahawks defense look fantastic at the beginning of the game end the game with five points or something. Gotcha. Um, it's it's hard to say what's going to happen. You're right, and I think it does heavily depend on Matt Ryan playing. I think it's a completely different game if Matt Schaub's out there. They're going to get a lot more turnovers. But this defense isn't what it used to be. It's not overly impressive. It's a matchup play, and I think it's fine. I don't think it's great. I don't see what the why everyone was so upset about this fab, five fab, if I'm honest. I think it's yeah. just fine. Yeah, for sure. I, I would also agree with that. I, that's why I said that people weren't commenting on it. I didn't really understand the reasoning behind them mm-hmm. um 
The next one is J.D. McKissick. So this is that other counterpart to Ty Johnson. And he goes for four fab to Ben. Yeah, I think in comparison, this is a fantastic pickup because we're already talking about is we're going to see this as a committee approach. This is their pass catching back. He's been involved while Carryon was on the field. Now I do expect his uh, role to grow a bit. I don't think he's going to be fantastic, but for four fab, he's worth throwing on your bench. I agree. The four fab is peanuts, and for a guy that yeah, could, we just don't know. We don't know. Yeah, it's yeah. still a question mark out there. Um, he could start all of a sudden showing out and Ty Johnson is not so that he gets more of the work. It's definitely possible for that to happen. If Ty Johnson even gets injured, then there you go. There's a, a huge asset for not a lot of the fab. Mm-hmm. Um, after that, now we got Gould adding Matt Gay, the kicker for Tampa Bay for one fab. He's a kicker who's been scoring a bunch of points. Whatever. Good yep. ad. Yep. Good ad. Waste of a fab. Waste of a fab, maybe. He had him on his... Uh, it's good to get Gay back on just a kid of like Gay, the roster name. So. Well, I told you, he didn't make the name because he had the kicker. It was just a coincidence that he had the oh, kicker. Yeah? Yeah. Oh, okay. That, yeah, really that actually makes way more sense. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> moving on. Yeah, moving on. <laughs> uh, we got Kiki QT going to Nolan for uh, zero fab. Again, I think this is an underrated great addition here because... First of all, it's zero fab, which is fantastic. Yep. Um, but he's going to be more involved now, too, without uh, Will Fuller on the field. He showed he had a better week last week, I think, too. Let me just double-check what he did. Um, 8.9 points last week, which is fantastic. I don't hate this at all for zero fab. Yeah, for zero fab, it's definitely a good pickup. I've just had less faith in Kiki since the beginning of the year. He's just way too injury-prone. I haven't is, seen yeah. enough from him. But, yeah, the opportunity with Will Fuller out definitely helps. They're completely different wide receivers, though. So that's why I don't think it helps him that much. I think Kenny Stills is much more of a similar wide receiver that, that Will Fuller is. Yeah. So he like directly fills into that Will Fuller job. And Will Fuller has had explosion games, also some not good games. Yeah. But I think Kenny Stills fills that void much more than Kiki does. But it's zero fab. For a guy that's going to get an increased workload regardless. So it's pretty good. Yep, for sure. Well, Nolan was a busy man this week on waivers. He also added Mark Walton for zero fab as well. Mark Walton, he now plays for Miami. He's had a couple weeks where he seems to be involved in the offense. 7.5 points two weeks ago. 5.8 points last week. Um, Nothing fantastic, but I think this is a projection. Maybe Kenyon Drake is gone. The team is definitely trying to move on from yeah, him. Yeah, trying real hard to trade Kenyon away. So, yeah, like this is a little bit more of a hope for the future type of a pick. Yeah, I think he'd be a desperation play no matter what, just behind a horrible offensive line. Oh, yeah. That's always going to be playing from behind, but whatever. Zero fab. Don't hate it at all. For sure. Um, one... Is there any free agents, actually, I guess, for you? There's then? Honestly, there's a, f- a few that kind of went down. Yep. I think Corey Davis to Ben is a good pickup. Yeah, so he picked that up at 3.37 a.m. Um, so I woke up at 7.20 because I had a volleyball practice this morning. And I was like, okay, I didn't get Kenny Stills. I guess I should have put on something for somebody else. I'll take a look. Corey Davis to me with my backup. And Ben had already taken him at that early in the morning. There was, I think, quite a few people that were up early real early waiting for those waivers to clear so they could pick up guys in free agency and i guess they're just more committed than we are well yeah it looks like you made one at 4 33 in the morning too though adam eh oh um then okay maybe the three there's a three hour difference so ben did it at 6 37 possibly no so it says 351 or sorry 339 a.m was 
um, then adding Corey Davis, okay. and at 4.33, you added Ted Ginn. So, yeah, so then that is um, a three-hour clock error. Oh, okay, so you did it. Yeah. I know for a fact I did not sleep pick up Ted Ginn at 4.33 <laughs> in the morning, because I guarantee you I was asleep. Um, I was when I woke up before practice, so that would make more sense. Okay, so I'm a little less mad then that Ben picked him up at... 339 or whatever it was actually 639 that's a little bit more reasonable um but regardless i got ted again i had to play him because of my tough situation which we'll find out about later but then we also had something that was very, really interesting for us um i picked up preston williams the wide receiver for miami the young hot shot who we've talked about a little bit in the past yeah and then like within an hour later you had picked up Devonte parker yep i just kind of threw him on the bench uh with fitzpatrick out there i think there's some more points to go around for both these guys it's gonna be who knows which week they're both gonna have some okay games nothing great yeah um i do think you're out of ted ginn is a low-key pretty good one especially with uh, Drew Brees coming back. Yeah. I picked it up because I wanted to stack with Teddy Bridgewater, um, but I can't be that upset with Brees as long as he's actually healthy and can throw the ball properly. Yeah, because now you have a better receiver than you would have with uh, Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah, they definitely. Yeah, Brees is clearly a better quarterback than Bridgewater. Bridgewater's still very good, he's but fine, yeah. Brees is just a legend. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That It does surprise me, though, that the team is willing to rush him back an extra week before. Because Teddy has been playing fine. I think the team is undefeated since Teddy's been starting. Yep. And they're going to play Arizona, which I think they should beat relatively yeah. easily. Oh, so yeah. I just don't see the reasoning as a team to bring back Drew yeah. Brees before picked, a bye. When I had picked up Teddy Bridgewater, I had thought about all those things. I'm like, okay, they're yeah. playing Arizona. That's a winnable game. It's not like they need Brees to be there to win. Then they have the bye week right after. This is a tailor-made, let the veteran rest through the injury, get it fully healed, yeah. and then have him going for week 10. So to me, it seemed like a no-brainer that everything was going to be fine, even though there were reports that Breeze was targeting week 8. And yeah, so there you go. Yeah, there we are. I think we're both on the same page. We'll see how it comes. But uh, maybe he's just more healthy than we thought. I love seeing how it comes. Um, <laughs> let's move on now to the trade section yes, of trades. this. Another big and one for this. Wow, we had... Quite a few trades, a lot going on. Um, late last night there was a couple, but the one that was earlier in the week, I believe it was on the 20th, if I'm correct, um, we had Steve trading Jarvis Landry and 15 Fab to Taylor for Tyrell Williams. So Tyrell Williams, he's been injured for a little bit, but he was showing some promise early in the season, being highly involved in the offense. If he can come back into that role, I think it'll be relatively good, but I think Jarvis Landry is also a safe guy. Plus the 15 fab. I personally, I'd rather be on the Taylor side. I think Cleveland's offense is slowly going to start to get its its groove back together, and they're going to start playing better. So I would be on that side of this trade. Yeah. So I think Taylor wins his trade as well. I think just Jarvis for Tyrell would have been a fair trade, but then on top of that, Steve sends away 15 fab. Um, clearly, does not care for fab no, at all. Not. Just yeah. Here we go. Send it out there. See what happens. Throw it on um, tight ends and then in trades. Okay. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> All of it on tight ends and trades. Um, but the reason why I think <clears throat> Taylor really wins this is because Tyrell Williams does have plantar fasciitis. And we had talked about that being a possibility for AB. It sounds like he didn't actually have that. Um, and Tyrell's really struggling with getting back on the field. I think they probably expected him about almost like three weeks ago, or at least like that could be when he came back. Nope. 
two weeks ago, nope. This week, nope. So he's just not healing properly with this foot injury. And I think it's going to be something that's going to bother him for the entire season. So there was a lot of high hopes for Tyrell Williams, but I think those hopes are really being dashed. And Taylor did a good job getting rid of him before the problems continue to compound. Yeah, so we'll see if he sold high enough still to make it worth it. That's going to be something to see how Tyrell comes back for sure and when he comes back. Yeah. Uh, the next trade that we have here is Brandon trading, or sorry, getting Joe Mixon from Taylor again, and Taylor receives Frank Gore and 20 fab. Yeah, you you had quite a bit to say about this one. I think Joe Mixon, just in general this season, has been very, very disappointing. We've all been surprised that first trade that was made when Steve got rid of Joe Mixon. We're like, what's going on here? That being said, he's been very ineffective for most of the season. Uh, so I just I'm curious more what you you have to say because you seem to have some pretty strong feelings. About I this think line. that the Bengals offensive line is absolutely atrocious. It's terrible. It's e- equally as bad as the Miami O line. It seems. Yeah. Both these teams are winless. We're going for those top draft picks. So I know yeah. we're somewhat enjoying slash not enjoying <laughs> because it's. Not fun, not winning, but it's for a purpose. We hope. Yeah, or well, at least um, we don't. We don't have any hope that we're going to win. Exactly. So it makes it a bit easier. It to makes it a little bit easier, and really, the key to that is those awful, awful offensive lines. Joe Mixon can't get any sort of space, and he, he's not able to make things happen as much as I think people were hoping. I think people knew going into the year that the offensive line wasn't going to be amazing, but they thought Joe Mixon's talent could get past some of that. And so far, he hasn't proven that he can really be successful behind this terrible offensive line. And they're not really using him as much as I think people want in the passing game as well. Dalton's been looking a little rough. He just doesn't have any time to throw the ball. Yeah. So it's just I, there's a lot of negativity towards Joe Mixon for the season, really. And it's only gotten lower and lower as the season's gone on. I think Frank Gore is still going to be a guy that's going to be startable. Devin Singletary, Singletary did come back from the hamstring injury. But I think it's going to be a little bit more of a committee than people expect. Um, and then just on top, so I think Joe Mixon, Frank Gore, sure, maybe Joe Mixon's a little bit better, but then maybe five or ten fab. I think 20 fab is a steal for Taylor. Yeah, there's also been some talk coming out about um, them, the Bengals bringing in their backup quarterback to start playing now. I haven't really heard it from the Bengals in general or any uh, inside sources there, but it just seems to make sense to see what you have. I think his name's... Ryan Finley, yeah. So Ryan yes. Finley's the backup. He's a fourth-round pick this year. Looked good in the preseason. He did. Yeah, so they're kind of like, okay, well, obviously we're not going to win anyway, so maybe we can throw him in, see what we got, see what we're looking for next year in the draft if we're going to try and take someone with the first or probably second overall pick because the Dolphins are going to get the first overall pick. <laughs> so just kind of see what it is, and I think that would hurt Joe Mixon as well. So I'm kind of agreeing with everything you're saying there. That being said, last year he played behind on a horrible team. Horrible offensive line. He was still effective in a lot of ways. He was the AFC's leading rusher. So maybe he can turn it around. But for the most part, I agree with what you're saying with with everything you said there. Yeah. All right. So we'll go to the next trade then. And this one is involving yourself. You receive Mike Evans and 10 Fab. Mm -hmm. And you're getting rid of DJ Moore and Chase Edmonds to Steve. Yep. So a lot of people had a lot of things to say. Most people said I was the winner of this trade here. I think I don't think any single person said that Steve won this trade. Okay, I think so. Everyone said I won the trade except maybe Steve. Maybe Steve's happy with it. Um, I think general for me, it pushes my roster into a better position. I'm really happy with it for sure. I got rid of Chase Edmonds, who was just going to be on the bench for me. 
That being said, I do think Chase Edmonds is is going to play for a while. I don't think David Johnson's healthy. I'm assuming Steve's on the same page as that. Gould's on the other side. We'll kind of see what happens there. But what do yeah. you think here? Well, it, Steve's defense of this trade was that he apparently has a crystal ball and Mike Evans is going to get injured. Oh. And also, Chase Edmonds is going to continue to play because David Johnson's just going to be injured for the rest of the year. Didn't seem like his injuries were major. Um, he might even play this week. So it's interesting that he has, Steve seems to have so much confidence in that. DJ Moore... It's going to be interesting when Cam Newton comes back because I think that passing-wise, the Panthers are worse off with Newton. Um, it might open up the field a little bit more if Cam can actually run when he comes back this time. And so that'll be a question mark on how DJ Moore performs when Cam does return. Because when he was there, he did not do well. When Cam was there before? Yes. You're right for sure, but the thing is Cam hyper-targeted him. He's one of the highest-targeted players in the league at that point. DJ Moore has been... Overall, he's been quite, um, I don't know what the word is to say, he hasn't been performing well so far this year. He's been... Disappointing. Disappointing is the word I was looking for. I was going to say depressing. I'm like, (laughs) But you're right, he's been disappointing so far this year, so maybe he can turn it around. He's a talented player, but um, I'm happy to get that question mark off my roster as well. I just want to bring up a few weeks for Chase Edmonds here. The last three weeks he's played, 14.6 points, 12.7 points, and then obviously that blow up of 33 points last week. He seems to be involved in the passing and the rushing game, even with David Johnson there. So I don't think he's a bad pick. They have a couple rough weeks coming up in the next few weeks, so I was happy to kind of move on. While it's going to be a bit of a question mark, while they play some tough defenses, they play San Fran twice in that span. So I'm happy to get it off my roster. Yeah, you sold very high on Chase Edmonds, and I I guess you need to be commended for that because that was a very good trade. I think that was a steal, and yeah, he's got some tough matches coming forward. I think that's a really good job. Perfect. Thank you. All right. Next one, we got Taylor and Brandon. Uh, we have Taylor getting, sorry, Taylor receives Jamal Williams. Brandon receives 17 fab. Um, so last episode, we had talked about, or at least I did, like my praise of Jamal Williams and how he really seemed to impress me and, and take Aaron Jones out of some games. Um, it seems like it's going to be much more of a split than we had expected. So Taylor is buying in on that split. 17 fab for a running back that you can start is excellent. Um, and they have a pretty good matchup this week, Green Bay does. Um, at least for running. Right. I think it might be Kansas. Is it Cleveland, Cleveland or Kansas City? Um, oh, yeah, you're right. Kansas City. I'm pretty right. sure it's yeah. Kansas New City. Yeah, you're right. And Kansas City, they've been shown to their weakness being they can't stop the run. Mm-hmm. So I think Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams are going to have big weeks this week. So I think 17 fab for a guy that you can start, especially just this week, is well worth it. And I think it's a very good move by Taylor. We're saying Taylor's name a lot with these trades. He's gotten he's some wins. Week. He's moving forward. He's moving on up. Yeah. And he's his team is looking better than it did just two weeks ago. Absolutely, it does. And I'm on the same page. I like this trade for Taylor. I'm a bit just trying to figure out Brandon's mindset here. So he, he received 17 fab here. What do you think the difference between Jamal Williams and Ty Johnson is on the rest of the season? Because I... I don't see it being that much different. Maybe yeah. Ty Johnson being slightly better, but he's paying 56 fab now for Ty Johnson, and he just gave away Jamal Williams, who I don't think is going to be that much worse, if worse at all, because he has looked good this season. You're right. And all those things you were saying about them both being involved, it's a better offense that's going to score a lot of points. Yeah. And they seem this offense wants to run the ball or use those little touch passes to the running backs. They've been scoring a lot of points to running backs this year. 
So I'm, I'm on Taylor's side here. I think it was a great trade for him. I just, I think Brandon is too invested in Ty Johnson here, and I wouldn't have like been it. throwing around 56 fab and then giving away Jamal Williams for so little. Yeah, you're right. That's that's a very fair point. So great job by Taylor again. Yep. Um, next, our last one here. Fraser receives 10 fab, and he gives away OJ Howard to Danny. The struggle of the OJ Howard owner this year. Fraser is done with it. He's sick of it. And he gets rid of him. <laughs> Danny, he's your problem now. What do you think of it? I know you've been a supporter of OJ Howard, but it's not been good. Right, and I have him in Dynasty. I like OJ Howard a lot. But I think you had to pull the trigger. I think Fraser was right to drop this landmine here. He gets 10 fab out of it. Danny's really struggled with uh, tight end this year. He's been counting on TJ Hawkinson, who keeps dropping touchdowns. It sucks, but... I do not think O.J. Howard is the answer. I think Cameron Brait probably has more points on the season than O.J. Howard does. I'm actually almost positive I he does. I would almost be positive that is the case. Yeah. So it's just, even though he's that talented player that everybody sees, we have to look at the evidence that's come to us this year with uh, Bruce Arians being the head coach. O.J. Howard has not been involved in the offense this year. He hasn't been working well with um, Jameis Winston. So it's just it just doesn't make sense to me, I think. I'd be looking somewhere else for tight end than O.J. Howard, especially in a, a regular league. For sure. I agree. Um, well, that was all of the trades. Yeah. We're, all of the waivers. We're 36, almost 37 minutes in. Wow. So, yeah, we got to we'll, – we'll go through the matchups a little bit quicker, I think, this yeah. week. Yeah, sounds good to me. But, yeah, they, we said at the top of the show, we have a lot to talk yeah, about. Yeah, it's a that big was, week. That yeah. was a huge section of it. It is, like, crunch time. It's past week seven now. Fantasy playoffs start in week 14, and so we're like, we're right we're getting there. there. Like, it's, yeah. it's getting really important. Big moves need to be happening. And that trade deadline um, for our league is it week eight? I, that, no idea. I think it's week eight is our trade deadline. That's I guess important. we can get yeah. corrected. So, a lot of things are being moved around and shifted. So, it's exciting times. In the, I, I the love how league. active our league is. It's fantastic. Trades happening constantly. Yeah. It's great. That's why we can do a podcast like this because we have so many things to talk about. So yeah. it's great. Um, we will go into the recap from last week fairly quickly, um, but we'll see how it goes along the way. First matchup is Gallup Miles to hide from Brown. That is me. 108.56 points against Nolan. Pull the fucking trigger. 45.46 points. So you, you kept saying, oh, this might be the, the lowest points in the history of our league. Oh, this might be the lowest points in the history of our league. And those were like in the 50 range. Uh, I think this probably took it. <laughs> yes, it did. This is a rough, rough week for Nolan. There was a lot of things that just did not go his way. Uh, Kyler Murray against the New York Giants looked like a real juicy matchup. Unfortunately for Nolan, everything went to Chase Edmonds. So Kyler Murray ended up with 6.96 points. And just a couple... His roster is just struggling. He's in a tough position. He had to start Gio Bernard, who only got four receiving yards. Marquise Goodwin, who uh, got a big old goose egg. And obviously, adding up with 45 points is, is horrible. It's Yeah, awesome. like last week, he had changed his name to pull the fucking trigger. And we didn't actually give him the pull the trigger. It was somebody else. So I think he was like, ah, uh, did you not hear me? I said pull the fucking trigger. <laughs> and he really showed us, I need to get the trigger pulled this week with that... Awful performance, and also just 
his, his highest amount of points was nine points from his kicker. His kicker even missed a field goal too, just to like top that <laughs> off. And it was just a really weak job by Nolan, who's also now firmly in last place with Taylor moving on up two wins. Sorry, again, I've spoiled both of Taylor's wins on both the, the episodes, but guess what? We're just too excited. Moving on up, moves on up again. And Nolan is sitting there in a very dark place. He is. I'm feeling for Nolan. He's just, this week in general, the reason he had to play some of those players, he has uh, Peyton Barber, James Conner, Ronald Jones all on by. Now he had Josh Gordon, who was out with a knee injury, now on injured reserve, which sucks. Devontae Adams dealing with that toe injury where we just really didn't know what was going to happen. He hasn't been able to get on the field. And he left uh, Malcolm Brown on the bench, who was also out of that game before with an injury. His whole bench literally had zero points because nobody played. Yeah, He was in a tough spot. He's been really dealing with some crappy injuries. He's had Travis Kelsey underperforming for him this year. So his his top three now picks... Now with Mahomes out, Kelsey's probably going to be even worse again. Yeah, so his top three picks this year in the draft were James Conner in the first round. Or no, sorry, it was Devontae Adams in the first round, who had that one good game. Mm-hmm. Uh, has been a little bit of a disappointment. Now that toe injury, he's been, he's been off the field. Then he went James Conner, who's been struggling with... No court, no good quarterback play, which is frustrating. And now, and then Travis Kelsey in the third, which has been disappointing as well. Obviously, your roster is really going to struggle, and, and Nolan's been really feeling it this year. He has, and before the week matchup had started, um, I had messaged him just trying to like feel for him, saying like, "Man, three buys, three injuries, like that's really rough, man." And his response, he, he he's just not in a good fantasy mindset right well, now it's and, hard when you are like that oh, for sure yeah. so like he ended the year last year not on top as in the opposite of that and now it's kind of continuing again i i get the feel of it i i understand that the lack of success that can happen in fantasy it's not a good feeling and really he summed it up with one thing that he said he said, I've never hated something I used to love so much. It's weird. It is hard because I remember the first three weeks I was the same page when I was 0-3 and, and just things aren't going your way. It's like, I don't want to get so frustrated by this because we invest so much time and so much effort into this. And then it's a game that is so variable. And when it doesn't go your way, it's it's really devastating. It, it can be. It really is. And yeah. like that, I tried to be a little bit more comforting for him and be like, yeah, being like, man, I get it. I've had the dilly. I've I've literally been dead last in the league and had the dilly. I get it. You haven't even had that, so you're okay. And but I also know the other side where, like, when you actually are winning and you do win a championship, holy, it feels unbelievable. And that feeling's been too far gone for me. So yeah, I, I've been more in Nolan's realm than that positive round but when you're it's in the positive it feels really good and nolan just a message from us hang in there buddy all you got to do is win that last game of the season that's all that really matters so just kind of keep battling through there i like how you've been out there making a great bunch of uh, addition waivers and just battling through they're gonna pay off when you really just stay invested in the league and just keep battling you can see taylor out there making plays trying to move up and i like what nolan's doing as well so hopefully it pays off for you guys for sure we said we we're gonna be fast this has been quite yeah, that a was, long one that was a long one really <laughs> yeah saquon came back 14 points great darren waller is the last player that i'll talk about on my side there 126 receiving edge with two receiving touchdowns could have had more touchdowns as well he had no touchdowns going in and it was 
quite frustrating. He's, there's so many people talking great things about Waller, and he was getting targeted a shit ton, but the points weren't anything amazing for him, and he finally has his, his explosion week, and now I'm hoping that will continue throughout. So that was just what I want to talk about on my side. Yeah, for sure. Darren Waller. Sorry, Darren Waller is the number two tight end on this season this year. He's playing great. I just want to say quick to that uh, touchdown catch from Adam Thielen was fucking incredible. Oh yeah, that okay. That was his only catch, his only play. He came out with the injury afterwards, and I'm glad that he had at least that play for me. But yeah, that was a beautiful catch at the end, back of the end zone. All right, let's move on. Yes, please. Okay, next we got uh, Gould, just a kiddle bit gay versus Ben Lamari and the committee crew. Ben has been uh, whining a little bit about multiple different things. Ben. The point is, put up points, you'll beat your team. I don't care how many points you're getting put up against you the past few weeks. The last three weeks, you haven't put up enough points to win, so stop whining and start fucking performing. Yeah, there you go. So you're hearing it here from Chris. We, yeah, we've been hearing your your moans and complaints. Uh, welcome to the world of not getting luck or just mad points every week, Ben. Like, welcome to the real world of <laughs> Oh, fantasy. yeah, you have to deal with what everyone else has had to deal with their entire lives. Suck it. Yeah, exactly. So it's really hard to get sympathy when you have a history of success. It's like if the Patriots honestly started losing. And then they complained about it. Yeah, exactly. It's like like all the fans started complaining. Like, like, shut the fuck up. That's exactly what it is. So I did compare Ben to the Patriots, so that's definitely a compliment. But, like, yeah, fuck that. (laughs) All right, so obviously Gould put up a, a great week here. 151 points. Started off with Thursday night with the Chiefs defense throwing down 30 points. Another couple great performances, Jared Goff, 29, Dalvin Cook, 26, and then Marvin Jones with that four-touchdown performance. Yeah, that bringing back the, That was dark magic, though, too, because yeah. do you remember when Brandon played him that one that one year in Cincinnati? It was like five years ago. Nobody's heard of Marvin Jones. Brandon just decides to slide him into his starting lineup. Like, who is this dude? And then he scores four touchdowns. Everyone's like, what? Do you remember I that? honestly don't remember Oh, he that. did I, that. I, I guess, I, I guess try to it was ridiculous. forget that, but that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so well done with Marvin Jones there. He's had a couple big weeks um, on the other side of the ball. Lamar Jackson, 23 points is really good. DeAndre Hopkins is kind of starting to turn it around here. He got 16.6 points, had another touchdown stolen away from him when um, they called Deshaun Watson down. He gets out of gets he gets out of the near tackle, throws a bomb for a touchdown to DeAndre Hopkins. Unfortunately, it doesn't count, but it wasn't going to be enough anyways. So. Yeah, and Ben yeah. finished with 105.12 points. I don't think we had said that, which is a good week. Like it's, it's good, but like yeah, like you can't be that upset with a loss. With yeah, you. That can, I don't. Point. I would not expect. Like, if I lost, like, I had 108 points, and I would have been a little upset. I would have been mad because of the lack of performance from other teams. But I wouldn't have like been that surprised if somebody beats that score. Yeah, I think. The threshold in my mind is like 110 to 115 points. When okay. you're over that, I'm like, okay, you that deserve a win. win. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's a very fair zone to be in for like, I should have had that win. Yeah. Uh, I just want to quick talk about um, Damian Williams, who he just seems to have disappeared from this offense. Yeah. Um, just done nothing the past few weeks. He, It's even like he was, he was involved on the ground. He rushed nine times for seven yards and he caught two passes for minus one yards, which is, it's crazy. Because this is a guy who everyone's like, oh, is he? He's not all that talented, but he's in a great position to succeed. And now he's just showing 
No, he's just not even tall enough. Now it's just double succeed. negative, right? Yeah, now, he can't do it. Double negative usually turns into a positive, not in this case. And now Ben has been dealing with, oh yeah, I'm going to be highly invested in the Chiefs and the Chargers. And guess what? That hasn't been paying off at this point. I think you have to completely pivot over to Eckler and McCoy because those are the two players, but it's still not the same that we really thought it was going to be. Yeah, I think the funny last storyline before we move forward here was that Ben had put a blocker on the Jaguars defense last week. We didn't mention it on the podcast because we didn't know, but it came out later that Ben had blocked Andrew from getting the Jaguars defense. And then he played on the Jaguars defense, got 22 points. That's great. Fantastic. And then, yeah. as you mentioned, the Chiefs, 30 points. So it actually worked out better. Andrew having to take a stab at the Chiefs defense, and it pays off huge with 30 points. Yeah. All right. So we're ready to move on to the next one? Yeah. Okay. Who do we got next? Next, we have my Nick is getting chubby versus diarrhea. Turn the John Brown. That's Stu. You got 89.14 points. And Stu had 113.32 points. So he gets the nice little win there. Um, and a little disappointing for you. Carson Wentz let you down with only 8.84 points. He did. Yeah, the biggest thing, my roster was okay. Will Fuller getting injured after on his first catch of the game yeah. sucks. He only puts up 0.6 points. Uh, the Packers defense only getting two points against Oakland was a little bit upsetting but the the biggest thing is what i left on the bench i left chase edmonds on the bench with 33 points and then i left the rams defense on the bench with 26 points so that was yeah, like really that, what destroyed you me. could have potentially been a pull of the trigger candidate for this one because yeah, i think either, i'm like a mini yeah one, you're yeah. a mini pull the trigger and but it was just the 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 lack of success for nolan all compounded kind of got him it the pull the trigger this week. Yeah, absolutely. On the other side of the ball for uh, for Stu, he had big performance from the 49ers defense they, when they shut out Washington for 26 points. That was just in that that muddy rain bowl where oh, no yeah. points were getting scored. So you can, I already thought that was going to be a game where they destroyed Washington's offense and it was compounded on top by the weather. Yeah. So that sucks for sure. Uh, good week by Zeke Elliott getting 20.7 points. Um, outside of that, he had, he had just had a bunch of good performances. John Brown, 14.3 and yeah, 113 points was enough to do it this week and take me down. Awesome. Um, anybody else you really want to bring up for this one? I th- thought Sony Michelle three rush touchdowns. Only had 42 rush yards. Yeah. Um, so he had a really good week for you. But like, what do you? What's your feelings with Michelle? He's such a guy that is, if he doesn't get in the end zone, it doesn't seem like it's looking good. But he generally does. Yeah, that's kind of what I have to cut, count on. It's frustrating watching these games when all of a sudden they get into the red zone and they bring Brandon Bolden on the field. They give him the ball or QB sneaks for Tom Brady. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Uh, this week it was a little bit different. Sony Michelle was getting a lot of carries around the goal line. wasn't overly successful. He would take three tries to get in the end zone, but in the end he got in the end zone. Uh, definitely happy from this performance, but. He also dropped like a screen pass. That was an easy touchdown. Oh, geez. Yeah. But that, I can't be upset with 21.4 points. But no. you're right. It is. It's it's hard to see a successful week from Sonny Michelle so far this year. Because I don't think this team is actually very good at running the ball unless he's scoring the, the touchdowns. Because whenever they try to run the ball, it's been highly inefficient no matter who they use. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, are we ready to move on to the next one? I think we can probably move on to the next one. Um, we have moving on up, Taylor, 123.66 points. And then we also have Alex changing the name to moving on down, 66.44 points. He was in first place no longer after this week. Yeah, so this is a, a big drop from Alex. He's had a couple rough weeks. He's on a two-game losing streak now. 
Was he he was knocked out of the gauntlet last week, right? Yes, he was. So he was knocked out last week, so he couldn't actually get it for this lack of performance. No one was already out of it as well. Um, and we'll get we'll get we'll, to you. Yeah, say we'll get to it <laughs> in our next matchup or later on. Yeah. So let's just talk about this one a bit more, though. Again, as we're talking about Taylor, he's moving on up. He started zero and five. Now he's on a two game winning streak. He had a huge week from Aaron Rodgers. Six total touchdowns. Fifty three point seven six points. When you drop a 50-burger, it's hard to lose, especially when Alex only puts up 66 points. But well done there. It's nice to see. That was one of the trades that Taylor has made recently. It's starting to pay off for him. Yeah, Uh, I think Aaron Rodgers in that first week when Taylor played me, he was just uh, testing Taylor's resolve. Just go, do you really want me? Do you actually want me? Well, I'm going to put up a shithole on my first week with you, but then... You just wait. You just wait. I'll get you a win. Yeah, if, if you really believe in me, he's going to give you the win, eh? Yeah. yeah, so again, his his receivers are starting to turn it around. Stefan Diggs has had a couple good weeks. Now coming up with Adam Thielen dealing with this hamstring injury. Looks like he's going to miss tomorrow's game. Stefan Diggs could have another big week ahead of him against a horrible Washington defense. Yeah. So there's a couple of good things that are going Taylor's way here for sure. Michael Thomas getting Drew Brees back, so... This again. Every time we talk about this roster, it's it's not a bad roster. Yeah, and everyone it's only is scared. Improved. Yeah, he just keeps doing a good job here. So well done, Taylor. Good job on the win. Now all the negative stuff we're going to talk about on Alex's side. Jimmy Garoppolo. I think it was a, a poor decision to play this guy in in horrible weather. Um, I it's possible you didn't know the severity of the weather. I that's know true. I, I, didn't. I didn't. You're I, right. I didn't, I didn't know either. Severity going yeah. into that game either. It's against Washington's terrible defense. I probably would have made the same call because on his bench he did have Rivers um, against Tennessee and when the, he got 25 points. But we were just talking up Tennessee's defense and how good they have looked and performed. So yeah. I would have been fine going with Garoppolo. Clearly didn't work out. Yeah, I think you're right. We'd have to see like right before the game and they're like, this is a horrible position to play and it's literally a hurricane yeah. don't play anybody but if you're not watching that close you don't know i didn't know until it threw out the game too so you're right there um yeah another good game here from aaron jones he made an incredible touchdown catch after he dropped that one the week before yes. so that was pretty cool to see but just a couple rough performances he started dante pettis don't do it he's an infection don't do it <laughs> I, I got rid of that guy off my roster I, th- I think he dropped him as well which is a good choice and yeah, you have to just escape that situation. If you're, if I'm looking at these two rosters here, like I'm seeing a roster that's going the wrong way and one that's going the right way. Oh yeah, <laughs> the the names are absolutely perfect. Yeah. It's, Taylor's moving on up, and he clearly is, and Alex is moving on down, and he clearly is. Like the the names are very fitting for what we're seeing. Yeah, absolutely. He had um, Christian McCaffrey on by, which his team's been highly relying on. He's been the best player in fantasy yeah, probably oh, yeah. outside of the Patriots defense. So. When he's on by, your team's going to struggle, just like uh, Brandon, when he doesn't have Patrick Mahomes, the team struggles. Yep. And so I think that will bring us to our next matchup, just the absolute garbage trash bowl that was I, I shower with I my this. socks versus, it was just Fraser. And then Canada loves blackface, Steve, a little bit of a name change there with Justin uh, getting, remaining in power as prime minister. Uh, congratulations to him. It is a minority government. Steve, clearly not a fan. <laughs> Um, really, with like what? Uh, what like, is this? Who, this is who gets a win at seventy-two point six six points? Like, I think Frazier's done this, this before too, though, which actually bugs me. I think this is the second time Frazier's won with like 
a horseshit total. Oh, yeah, I know. So I think he's the only person that has won multiple games this season with less than 100 points scored. No, no, these are the two. Both of them have. Yeah, but I think Fraser's done it twice. Fraser's done it twice, so yeah, both, and so has Steve, Yeah, so though. Steve has done it. And Steve has done it twice oh as well. My God. Yeah, like what, so nobody wants anybody to win this game. Like, this is just yeah. so dumb. And But Fraser's the one that claws out of it. He's 3-4 and four now, and Steve's 4-3. and three. Yeah, so Steve's roster, he looked like he was in a good position earlier in the season at 4-2, and two, even though he was performing horribly. But he's starting to fall back now. So he's on a two-game losing streak where your team's not doing as well. And if you're not playing well, four wins is not enough to get you out of this Dilly playoffs at all. Especially with our league tightening up outside of Nolan right now. For sure. And yeah. we had talked about the questionable call of playing Luke Wilson. Yeah, you got you zero points, Steve. Oh, and how many did you up. lose by? You lost by like a less than a point and a half. Like, pick any other tight end. Oh my gosh. And we had said, we were like, we don't think this is a good pickup. He's never been a good fantasy performer. That was his last week's bad pickup on tight end yes. that didn't pay off. He's had multiple weeks this season where he just he picks a tight end that gets zero points, and I, I just think it's hilarious. It's I think it's happened incredible. at least three times. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's incredible. <laughs> yeah, so if you want to ask for anyone else's opinion on picking a tight end, I think that's a great idea. I think you should ask your baby because he can't be any worse than you at doing it. <laughs> um, is there anyone who played well in this matchup? Derrick Henry, 16.8 yeah. points, was good. Yep. Um and honestly, that's it. Yeah, that's it. All right. So out of two teams, the person that played had a, all right, yeah, they had a pretty good game. It was it was Derrick Henry? That's the most we can say. One thing I do want to kind of get into is David Montgomery yeah. for the Bears with negative point one points. I there's I did not predict this. I was expecting an amazing season for, for Montgomery. What the hell is going on? This offense, it's it's completely shocking. They were a twelve and four team last year. They looked fantastic, and now this team has just completely regressed. Uh, Mitch Trubisky, I think I was talking about it on this podcast at one point before, or maybe I was just talking to you about it, Adam. Is that his his performance wasn't reflective as what his stats were on on the field? He was playing very poorly last year. He got lucky a ton of times with touchdowns and without interceptions. So the team performed far better than Mitch Trubisky was able to really put on the field the performance mm-hmm. he was putting out there. But now this year he's still playing horrible, and now the team isn't able to build around him and still get lucky and win games. And now this team, they don't look good. No, they, they don't look good at all. And and Nagy, the play caller there, he, I think he had like 56 throws and what was it, like seven rushes? Yeah, that was it, yeah. It was just ridiculous. And like he's like, yeah, I'm an idiot. I need to run the ball more. It's like, okay, great. But like... Even then, Montgomery still hasn't really done much with the few opportunities that he does have. Yeah, you're right. This was a guy that was picked in the third round. I don't think anyone was thinking this was a bad pick. He was getting tons of praise about it in the in the preseason. Everyone's like, oh, good yeah. job, Frazier. Yeah. You did some research. Yeah. But now we're just looking at this situation where it hasn't come together well for the Bears in general. And unfortunately, David Montgomery is really he's struggling because of it. He's the 40th ranked running back right now in the season. Yeah, that, that is not where you want to be at all. Yeah. Um. I think that's good for that trash garbage matchup. Yeah, so let's, let's please move on. Move on. Um, the next one is I'm all jacked up on Mountain Drew, which is Danny, 147.98 points. And then Brandon, popping kneecaps on fourth and one, 67.94 points. And guess what? That means that Brandon is eliminated from the gauntlet. There was lower scores than him for sure. Yeah, there's two lower scores. Uh, Nolan and Alex both scored less. But guess what? You guys are already out of the gauntlet, so it doesn't matter. This is the point of the season where 
it doesn't matter if you have the lowest amount of points. There's less people involved in this gauntlet now, so shit can go wrong. 67 points is a horrible week, and you deserve to be knocked out of the gauntlet. Absolutely. So the guys that are alive, they're surviving through the gauntlet. They are the strong ones. That would be Ben, Danny, Stu, Taylor, and Andrew. Those guys are in the gauntlet still, still alive, but those are some pretty good rosters, especially with Taylor moving on up. It's crazy because Taylor should have been knocked out in one of those first five yes. weeks, you'd think. But. He's clawed his way in there. He's still there. And so this is going to be very interesting to keep on tracking who can actually survive through this gauntlet. Yeah, for sure. That cup is awesome. Um, so if you win that, I'm really excited for you guys. I, I really do wish I wasn't knocked out week one because I, I think it's an exciting I addition. Want I wanted it to be in my house. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> It's so ridiculous, but like, I'm really happy about this addition to it. So Brandon, unfortunately, you will not have this glorious cup in your house this year. Good. Uh, yeah. yeah, good. Black magic. <laughs> yeah, give me your for black magic. Um, really, the name change for Brandon is because he has Mahomes, and he obviously popped his kneecap out on that QB sneak. He already had a little bit of an ankle issue, so it was a little of an interesting call, but I don't think the ankle really had much of a a say on the kneecap popping out it just no it was the it was the other leg even yeah Yeah, it's just a freak play that happened and he apparently practiced in a limited limited capacity i've been hearing like eight weeks and now all of a sudden he might play this week it's it's a very strange up in the air injury right now yeah it is very confusing it's hard to figure out exactly what's going to happen i don't think he plays this week but it's promising to see him on the field i hope he doesn't pull an rg knee and just like just fuck destroy his, his career. Life. Oh no, kidding! I don't like, even please, want to think like, honestly, about that. Like, don't like I just don't want him to do this. Like, yeah. sit please for at least a little bit. Do not come back this week, please. Don't like, rush. Don't it. pull an RG knee. We don't need it. Yeah, good call. Uh, just a couple big performers out here: Josh Allen for Danny, twenty-five points. Leonard Fournette, fourteen point five points. Latavius Murray stepping in for Alvin Kamara's injury here. 27 points for Danny. Oh, baby. Oh, and oh, the the clear only good player on Danny's team <laughs> that we've talked about all year. The Patriots defense, how did they do this week, Adam? Uh, well, they had 36 points. So oh, I think is, that, is that good for a defense? I'm um, not sure. I need to actually check the historical documents, but I believe that, yeah, that was fucking amazing. <laughs> Uh, it's ridiculous. Anytime you play Danny, when you're running into that defense, it's stressful. I traded for it in Dynasty. I realize they're coming into a rough patch on the schedule, but I just wanted that defense. Fair enough, man. I get it. Yeah. Uh, on the other side of the ball, for yeah, we already talked about Patrick Mahomes having a rough week. Um, Brandon only had one player go over 10 points, which is Todd Gurley going for 11.4 points. Uh, Hunter Henry, though, 9.7 points on 97 receiving yards. Yeah, 97 receiving yards. Not even a touchdown. That was all in the yardage, and I I like the guy. I think that if he can stay healthy, he's going to be a a locked-in starter every single week. So it's been working out well. I think Henry's a good player. Yeah, for for tight end, it's just a difficult position to to try and figure out in general. But the three weeks now that Hunter Henry has played, it was week one. He had 60 yards for six points. Week six, 100 yards and two touchdowns for 22 points. And then week seven for... Uh, 9.7 points with 97 yards. So that's, from a tight end position, you can't be expecting anymore. That's fantastic. Yeah, he's, when he's on the field, he's doing great. Yeah. All right. Um, I think we've kind of talked about what we need to for the recap. Yeah, we're, um, uh, we're cranking time. We're over an hour. Oh my gosh, sweet. Love it. So this <laughs> this could be the longest. I think the longest is an hour and 20, but I guess we'll see yeah. what happens when we get into our weekly picks. We'll try not to take too long and him and hawing on these, but uh, it might happen. So we'll yeah. see what happens. Um, so last week, we had an epic performance. We did? We did We well? had an epic performance. Okay. I had five wins. 
You had six wins. You had every single one. That's awesome. So, and the one that I got wrong was you. Yeah, when you faith in me, you, that's right. I had yeah. faith in you. And if I had good starts, if I was a good coach, I would have won. <laughs> exactly. So you, yeah. So uh, it was your roster that I was looking at. It looks good, but yeah, I, I underestimated the shittiness of the general manager and to make decisions for <laughs> people. Like no, no, GM, I'm good because I, I get the right players on uh, my team. But as a coach, I suck. As a gotcha. Yeah, I, I understand the difference yeah. here. Um, so we'll get into our matchups here. So it's Gallup, Miles Hyde from Brown versus Poppin' Kneecaps on fourth one. So I am playing the Warlock. The rivalry match is this here. This is huge, yes. And again, Brandon with his trickery of stealing Cousins from me. He's looking really amazing. His lineup is Kirk Cousins, Le'Veon Bell, Todd Gurley, Terry McLaurin, uh, uh D. Johnson, who's the guy from Pittsburgh? The Deontay. 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 Sorry, I didn't see where you were looking. DK Metcalf, Hunter Henry. Um, then we have, what's going on here? T. Johnson from that's, the Giants. That's the right Ty Johnson. Oh, sorry, that's Ty Johnson. Sorry, I thought he was from that's the Giants. That's going to be the one, one we just added, yeah. Zane Gonzalez, the Vikings defense. And then on my side, right now, I have Teddy Bridgewater in. Then it's Matt Brenda, Saquon Barkley, Ted Ginn, D.D. Westbrook, Preston Williams, Darren Waller, Carlos Hyde, Sly, and then the Bills defense. Yeah, so this is a big one. We've kind of already talked about it. You had already mentioned about this Kirk Cousins thing. Now it's coming to bite you in the ass. We'll see how it, it goes out tomorrow night in primetime on Thursday night. Kirk Cousins struggles in primetime, but he this does. is a horrible so, defense. So I'm hoping that the primetime curse nails him. Yeah, you're going to see he has a couple guys playing tomorrow night. He also has Scary Terry McLaurin and then the Vikings defense. So that's that's a bunch of performances going to be coming out on Thursday night, which will can really change quite a bit for you. It's true. And on my side, I'm in a rough spot, as I was saying. I still have AB on my team. Probably a mistake. But I've heard, I've read one report that teams are still looking at him when things are done. He's going to get signed. I just read another one today saying that he's not going to get signed. So I'm oh, still holding yeah. on. I don't really know what's going on. There's, I'm getting yanked around both ways, so it's tough. Um, and then Thielen has been officially ruled out for this Thursday, which is probably the right call with a hamstring issue. And uh, then I have Dak on by, Gallup on by, uh, Marquise Brown on by, and then Miles Sanders is a running back, so I can't have him in there for the wide receiver position. Um, I'm still locking in the confidence. I'm going with myself. Fuck you, Brandon. I, it sucks that I'm shorthanded for a rivalry match, but I'm going for it. I know I don't have history of defeating you very often, but I'm going for it. Yeah, that's a it's a tough one, right? You're right. You want to be playing these big heavy hitter matchups when everyone's at full strength. But I think you got a couple good matchups. I think Darren Waller against Houston's a good one. Um, I think Ted Ginn with Drew Brees back against Arizona could be fantastic. D.D. Westbrook against the Jets could be very good. So some great ones for sure. It'll really depend who you decide to start at quarterback, how this one goes. And yeah, like Kirk Cousins is in a good position, but I could really just see this game just going into Dalvin Cook's hands and then he's not even very involved for at sure. all. For sure, I can definitely see that happening as well. Um, but I'm going to go on the other side. I'm still going to take Brandon to, to beat you here. That's completely fair and I respect it. Yeah. All right, next who are we going to do? Uh, next will be uh, Canada Loves Blackface, Steve versus Moving On Down, Alex. So two struggling teams get the matchup. Somebody's going to get the win here. Both four and three. So Both on two-game losing streaks. Exactly. So, well, this is an interesting to watch just for another kind of garbage bowl, potentially. Yeah. Um, for Steve's side, we have Russell Wilson, Philip Lindsay, Chase Edmonds, Alshon Jeffrey, Tyrell Williams, who's in the starting lineup, I guess. Maybe he'll play. Um, yeah, do you want to check the history yeah, on that one there? Says, do we have DJ Moore, Eric limited, Ebron? Sorry, Tyrell Williams, limited participant in practice today. Okay, so limited. Maybe he'll get out there. Maybe not. We'll see what happens. Um, Eric Ebron. Then we have Duke Johnson, Harrison Butker, and then the Eagles defense on the other side for Alex. Derek Carr, Christian McCaffrey, Aaron Jones, Keenan Allen, Allen Robinson, Sterling Shepard, Zach Ertz, Dante Freeman, 
uh, Lambeau, and then the Seahawks defense versus Atlanta. So I think, just in general, this Atlanta team is going to have completely given up now on the season. I think they're in a horrible position. You can see the team is selling their uh, their picks. They're giving away Sanu. They're trying to rebuild. So I think Russell Wilson can completely light up Atlanta's defense this week, who's already been a horrible defense. A uh, couple other tough matchups, just Philip Lindsay against Indianapolis. That's a tough defense. Chase Edmonds against New Orleans is a tough defense. Alshon Jeffrey versus Buffalo is a tough defense. Uh, DJ Moore versus San Francisco, that's a tough defense. So there's just a lot of tough matchups. This is all on Steve's side that I just talked about, which is rough. Um, but yeah, I don't like Derek Carr against Houston. I, I Even though it's a, a relatively easy matchup, I just don't really trust Derek Carr. Christian McCaffrey going against a tough uh, San Francisco defense is tough. I don't know. Again, these are just rosters that are going the wrong way. They They're really going the are. wrong way. There's tough matchups besides the Aaron Jones versus Kansas City play. That's going to be probably pretty big. Um, but yeah, other than that, there's a lot of tough matchups on both sides. It could be good for the Seahawks defense, as you were mentioning, playing against Atlanta. So we'll see what happens there with that uh, waiver accusation. Acquisition, <laughs> yeah. Um, and if he decides not to go with Carr, he does have Brissett playing Denver. And then, yeah, he has Rivers versus Chicago, which would probably not be the best idea. Yeah, just looking at this bench, having Calvin Ridley on the bench versus Seattle, I think, is a mistake. Um, you can do whatever you want with your roster, but with Mohamed Sanu out of the way now, I think, especially if um, Matt Ryan's back, Calvin Ridley's going to light it up now. He's going to step into a more um, highlighted role in the offense. If it's Matt Schaub, I agree, leave him on the bench. If it's Matt Ryan, he's in my starting lineup for sure. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, so, who are you taking, Chris? I just want to vomit again. Okay. <laughs> Anytime. Uh, I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take uh, Alex. Okay. Yeah. So I'm also taking Alex on that one. Um, I just see a little bit better talent on his team, especially with Chris McCaffrey and Aaron Jones and Keenan Allen. Those three right in a row. I was like, okay, that's good. Zach Ertz is a great player. Maybe he bounces back and has a good week. So I'm, I'm just seeing more talent on Alex's roster. Yeah, I think both of them are running into a couple rough matchups. But, yep, I'm going to give it to Alex as well. Cool. Um, next matchup, we have I'm all jacked up on Mountain Drew, which is Danny versus Diarrhea. Turn the John Brown, which is Stu. Um, both these guys are 5-2 and two right now. Stu riding a three-game win streak. Danny riding a two-game win streak. Somebody's going to lose that streak. And for Danny's roster here, we have uh, Josh Allen, Leonard Fournette, Chris Carson, T.Y. Hilton, Carlos Sutton, Auden Tate, T.J. Hawkinson, Alvin Kamara, empty kicker spot, and the Patriots defense versus Cleveland. And then on the other end for Stu, we have Deshaun Watson, Devin Singletary, Benny Snell, Julian Edelman, John Brown, D.J. Chark, Jimmy Graham, Chris Godwin, Will Lutz, and the 49ers defense versus Carolina. Yeah, some big heavy hitters as we've been talking about these offenses, or these teams are both doing fantastic on the year. This is the number one overall team and the number three overall team so far this in the season, which is just a heavy-hitting matchup. So good for both of you guys so far. Josh Allen versus Philly, I think it's set up for a really good day. But he also has Drew Brees. If he plays against Arizona, I think all systems are going to be go with that team. If Alvin Kamara plays, he's going to be amazing. If he doesn't, Latavius Murray will be amazing. So there's a lot of good things going well for Danny's um, team here. Chris Carson versus Atlanta, I think, is great. Um, anyone else you want to talk about on Danny's side of the ball? Um, 
Daniel Sutton the ball. No, it's with Carlos Sutton. He's no longer has Emmanuel Sanders there. Yeah, Carlos so, Sutton. Yeah. Sorry, wait, wait. you called him Carlos, yeah, which I, is fine. I, 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 I like it better. If it's a C, it's Carlos. I did this last season too. <laughs> I think it's a better uh, name. <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, uh, Sutton. Um, he is now the number one guy there, which means he's going to have the number one coverage as well. Mm-hmm. So that will be interesting to see if he can be the guy that steps forward and it becomes number one that I think Denver wants him to be. Yeah. He's been pr- just impressive so far this season. So Carlos Sutton's a, he's a good player. I think he's leveled up. I think he's dealt with some number one corners already this season, but you're right. It's the focus is completely on him now without Emmanuel Sanders there. That being said, that means Joe Flacco's focus is going to be completely on him as well. So we'll see what happens there. I think Deshaun Watson against Oakland there, that's going to be a, a light up of a matchup. Uh, John Brown versus Philly is in a, a good position to succeed against that really weak secondary. Yeah. Um, yeah, those are kind of the big ones that are standing out to me on on the other side of the ball. Anyone else you want to talk about on? Um, no, I got nobody. Um, who are you thinking for this matchup, though? Are it's, we thinking it's Danny? T- are we thinking Stu? So it's a tough week for Stu. Um, he has Zeke Elliott on bye, which is causing him to put Benny Snell in his starting lineup. If um, if it's a James Conner performance out there, if James Conner is able to get out there and play, then Benny Snell's he's not going to be effective. If James Conner doesn't play, Benny Snell plays against Miami, and he should light them up. That's true. Um, but I'm going to pick Danny here. I think he's got some good matchups, and he's got a he's got a very good roster now, even though we've chirped it for a while. Yeah, honestly, I was going to pick who, the opposite of whoever you picked. Yeah. Because this is one of those ones where I really didn't know who to go for. You brought up a really good point with Benny Snell, and that makes me even more nervous to go with Stu. Um, I do like Danny's roster this week, but I think Stu's is also has a big chance for some explosions. So I will take Stu. I'll go there. There we go. I, I like got to make up for some, some this points is a big here. One. So this could be a big matchup here. So Stu for me, and you are going with Danny. Wow, yeah, that's a big one. No, I don't want to go with the easy pick for my lock of the week, so I'm going to lock in Danny here, actually. All right, awesome. My lock, the lock of, the of the week here is Danny for Chris. That's fantastic. Um, let's move on to our next matchup. Okay, next one we've got... Do you want to do Lamari and the committee crew? Sounds great Versus pull the fucking trigger, which is Ben versus Nolan. So two teams that are, are spiraling out of control. Two on three-game losing streaks. So starting for Ben's roster, we got Mason Rudolph. Melvin Gordon, Austin Eckler, Emmanuel Sanders, DeAndre Hopkins, Kenny Galladay, Chris Herndon, LaShawn McCoy, Greg Zerline in the Jaguars defense. Starting for Nolan, we got Kyler Murray, Jordan Howard, James Conner, Kenny Stills, Brandon Cooks, Tyler Boyd, Travis Kelsey, Ronald Jones, Robbie Gould, and then the Bears defense. So looking at the, the NFL.com projections right now, Nolan is projected with 133, 103.66 points, mm-hmm. and Ben, with a full roster, is only projected to have 80 points. Yeah. So that's very interesting that that is occurring where we have a team that's usually successful in Ben and then Nolan struggles there. Um, but he's looking like he might actually win this week. Yeah, we're going to quick highlight for on Ben's bench this week. He has three key, key players on by. He has Mark Ingram, Amari Cooper, and then Lamar Jackson. Three of his best performing players on the season are all on by. Yep. This is the week you want to play Ben for sure. So... Prophecy, you know, and I hope you get this one done. Mason Rudolph versus Miami. I think it's a bit of a wild card. Mason Rudolph hasn't really shown it yet. But if you're going to show it against any team, it's going to probably be Miami because that defense is hot trash. Apparently, they've given up two touchdown passes every single 
week this or yeah every single game this year so ben's hoping that that will continue even though yeah mason's talent is not nearly startable normally Mm -hmm. but he has a a couple tough positions here that he's in he has um chris herndon who's coming back possibly for his first game of the season if he can play with his hamstring injury he'll be playing in uh, ben's tight end spot emmanuel sanders who's newly acquired to san francisco playing against a tough carolina defense which is tough but uh he has DeAndre Hopkins against Oakland, which is a great matchup, and Kenny Galladay against the Giants, another great matchup. So the thing is, he's got also Melvin Gordon and Austin Eckler starting. So like yeah. he got both of those San, sorry, Los Angeles um, Charger running backs in his starting lineup, which is like there's got to be a ceiling on that. Not both these guys can explode. It's and then Chicago has a good defense. Apparently, they can be beat on the ground if they're vulnerable. That's where they are, but. It's still Chicago's defense. Yeah, and it's on the road, so that's tough. Um, on the other side for Nolan, Kyler Murray against New Orleans, I think that's a tough matchup. Jordan Howard against Buffalo's defense, that's a tough matchup. If James Conner is able to get out there and play against Miami, I think he's in a great position to succeed. Um, he Apparently, this newest update says he expects to play on Monday against the Dolphins, so that's a great sign for Nolan if he's able to do that for him. Uh, Kenny Stills against Oakland. I think all systems are go there. I think he's going to have a great week. Um, yeah, those are the big ones here. Do you want to make your pick first here? Yeah, I'll take my first pick here because I'm taking Nolan. Yeah, I'm me going, too. Are you going Nolan yeah, too? I love it. Yeah, so I I'm liking Nolan in this one. Ben's roster's hurting with all those different changes, especially with Manny Sanders going to a new team who's in his starting lineup with the buys. All those other things that are going on. I think Nolan. He's going to have his bounce back. He He's hit rock bottom, I think, and he's going to take down Ben. Ben's going to have even more to complain about. Can't wait for it. Nolan, you are my lock of the week. You're yes! getting this lock done. You are taking Ben down. Lock of the week. Oh, Nolan, you got this, buddy. That's fantastic to hear. I love that. All right, well, who are we doing next here? Let's do mine next. We sure. got my Nick is getting chubby. That's my team versus Gould, just a little bit gay. So this turned into... A possible blowout. Now I think it's going to be a banger with the addition of Mike Evans to my team. So starting from my roster, we got Carson Wentz, Tevin Coleman, Sony Michelle, Robert Woods, Mike Evans, Tyreek Hill, Austin Hooper, Nick Chubb, Mike Nugent, and then the Rams defense. Starting for Gould, we got Jared Goff, Dalvin Cook, Josh Jacobs, Marvin Jones, Cooper Cup, Juju Smith-Schuster, George Kittle, Robbie Anderson, Matt Gay, and then the Titans defense. Um, really, really tough matchup. You guys yeah. are obviously very close friends, so this matchup's even more interesting. I'm sure there'll be a lot of banter between you two I'm leading sure up will. to the week. Um, so it'll be interesting to hear some of that stuff for on the next podcast after we find out what happens. But yeah, both rosters are looking like they're in a pretty good spot. Some good matchups, some bad, some bad matchups. Um, and it's a really tough one to call here. And uh, looking at the projections, you're at 106.82, and he's at 106.91. So really, this is anybody's matchup according to NFL, and I don't even have to look at the projections to know that this is an any person's matchup. Um, Nick Chubb versus New England is going to be a difficult one for you, I think. Yes, Um, I do, too. We'll see if Cleveland's offense can do anything versus that Patriots defense, which people have not been able to do. But I like your matchup of Robert Woods. I know he has Jared Goff on the other side, and he also has Cooper Cup. Mm-hmm. So we'll have to watch and see if Cooper Cup gets the receptions or if it's Robert Woods and the touchdowns. Because if it goes towards Cup's way, you're in deep trouble. 
Yeah, I'm just looking. I don't like a lot of my matchups, unfortunately, this week. You already brought up a few of them, but Carson Wentz against Buffalo is a, is a tough one. Tevin Coleman against Carolina's defense is, is pretty tough. I like Sony Michelle against Cleveland. I think he can be good. So hopefully, hopefully this is going to be enough for me. But just looking on the other side, Jared Goff against Cincinnati, I think he's going to light them up. I think Dalvin Cook versus Washington could literally put up 50 points, and I wouldn't he be could. surprised. This this team is very, very susceptible to the run. If they go back to that mindset of let's pound the ball, this could be the Dalvin Cook show, and they, he could literally just destroy my week tomorrow night. Um, Josh Jacobs versus Houston is a pretty good matchup. Marvin Jones versus the Giants a good matchup. I'm also projecting Juju to have a touchdown versus Miami. That's the thing, because Juju hasn't been good, yeah. and then I get the rough week when he's playing against Miami, the worst pass defense in the league, which which sucks. Uh, Cooper Cup versus Cincinnati, another great matchup. So that's just plenty, plenty of good matchups for Gould, which it makes it tough. I really hope my roster is able to pull it off. I'm going to play a confidence move here. I think my roster, we need this win. I'm going to give myself the win. Wow. After all that talk, I had already written down Andrew for you because oh, I no. just assumed just that's the way I was saying. going. No, I don't even know if I picked myself yet this season. No, exactly. You've had zero confidence in yourself, but you're going for it this time. Yeah. I'm I'm taking Andrew. Like I was going to go with Andrew. I, I mean, it's a good you can see yeah. it. Like I haven't touched it since. I, both, <laughs> but I just had Andrew AG written down for both of us, um, but I will switch yours to KP. Having the confidence, yeah, I love I'm it. Taking, but I'm, a, I'm taking a page out of goals. Adam's book here, putting some confidence in myself. I like it. Uh, next, sorry, I'm a little bit lost on. So the next one that we have is moving on up, Taylor, um, and then against I shower with my socks, Fraser. Um, both these teams on a two-game win streak. Fraser with his trash garbage yeah, win I don't last hear week. Anything about Fraser's two-game um, so win streak? So for. Um, for Taylor, we have Aaron Rodgers, David Johnson, Marlon Mack, Ty Lockett, Stefan Diggs, Michael Thomas, Evan Ingram, Frank Gore, Matt Prater, and the Steelers defense versus Miami. And then on Fraser's side, he has Matt Ryan, Derrick Henry, Royce Freeman, Julio Jones, Larry Fitzgerald, Odell Beckham, Gerald Everett. Um, and then we have A.J. Brown, Kaimi Fairbairn, and the Texans defense versus Oakland. Big one here I want to bring up right off the bat. So we have David Johnson in the starting lineup for, for Taylor. He didn't practice today. He was a definite landmine last year on or last week on Taylor's roster, only getting two two yards. So that's that's a tough position to be in. If you have to start this guy, you don't even know if you start him if he's going to be involved on the offense. Clearly, Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury's not going to try and give anything away. So it's it's difficult position to be in if you're the David Johnson owner right now. Um, Aaron jo- Aaron Rodgers versus Kansas City. I think it's a great matchup. Tyler Lockett versus Atlanta. It's a great matchup. Diggs versus Washington's fantastic. Michael Thomas versus Arizona is really good too. So he's got a lot of really good matchups. And the Steelers defense against Miami, whose Steelers defense is playing really good lately too. Um, the other side, Matt Ryan versus Seattle. If he's able to play, Seattle's defense is susceptible. Depends on that ankle injury for sure, how how effective he'll be. Derrick Henry versus Tampa Bay's defense I think is great. Um, that stack with Julio Jones against Seattle can be good. And yeah, those are kind of the the main ones that are standing out to me as being very, very good on each side. There's a lot of good matchups for sure for Taylor's team. He's been moving on up. He's been playing well. Frazier's got a couple wins, but his team doesn't really scare anybody, I don't think. Uh, what do you think you're going to do, Nolan, or anything Or sorry, Adam, or anything else you want to add? Um, don't call me Nolan. All right, sorry. Not, not in the current state of Nolan, at least. Maybe <laughs> when he's more in the winning circle i'll accept it but really it's fraser squeaked out a win he's not performing that well 
Taylor has just the hot streak right now. He has all the energies. Yeah, he's the hotness. The yeah. I'm going with Taylor in this one very confidently. Yeah, me as well. We've already done our locks of the week, so it's it can't be a lock of the week. But if I could do a secondary, it would be Taylor in this one for sure. Yes, and I was thinking exactly the same thing. Like if I, if I hadn't already done a lock of the week, I'd probably take this one. But I'm very confident with my Nolan lock of the week against Ben. Um, and that's it. We've done it. We've gone through everything. Long episode. Long episode. Yeah, Hopefully an enjoyable one. episode. Um, I think the energy for me at least increased halfway through the middle there um, and then kept on flying through. But I'm happy with everything that went on this week. I'm looking forward to the matchup. Big rivalry matchup with Brandon and I. Mm-hmm. Um, we got those the shit, another shit bowl going on with teams that are struggling, teams that are doing well together. So a lot to watch this season this week. Yeah, I'm really excited for it to kind of continue on for us. I had a great episode, Adam. So thanks for powering through this one with me. I think we had a, a good day. I hope everyone enjoyed listening. Absolutely. And uh, fuck you, Brendan.